Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits coming at you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. What's up, Big Bong? What, what, what? Uh, that's a wigwam. That's a wigwam introduction. <laughs> that is a ama- yeah. Um, still got it. Yeah, oh, yeah. you do. Um, <laughs> for those of you uh, who are joining us, of course you recognize that voice. It's Nark. Welcome back, Nark. I'm just here for the uh, non-offensive gay jokes. No, I know I'm that. Just, just, I'm to start throwing. I know that. Nark, um, <laughs> darling, tell us who's in the house tonight. Who's in the in house? The heist? In the house tonight, we have Stumpy John. What up, everybody? The yeah. stump of love is in the house. <laughs> <laughs> you should have a TV show called Stump <laughs> of Love. Who's sitting next like to you, contest. darling? Who's sitting next to you? The one and only Miss ah! <laughs> <laughs> Miss Emma Booten. Hello, darlings. It's simply fabulous to be here. Uh, and we've got, got the big fuckhouse of a man over here. The man himself, Jim Jim. Uh, Nigga Jim. My name's Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And of yeah, course, yeah. sitting next to me on the classic old character. Quite handsome, too. Exotic number one and always will oh. be. It's Knock. This is Knock. Also, yes. via modern communication technology, Bagel from Venita, Oregon. Venetia? Venita. It is I. Yeah. Velveeta. It's not a cheese. It's not a cheese in that neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is I, Bagel. Hot, delicious, and chewy, as always. Oh. <laughs> like a warm brownie. Yeah. No, I t- so the facts remain. He's got a Harley shirt on. What shirt are you wearing, Bagel? He's wearing a Harley Davidson shirt, and his garage is cleaned out, and Wait. he's been manscaping. That's a Harley Davidson shirt? He is self Oh, it's Sa- Scooter Insanity 2020. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. Oh, my God. Look at that. It's got fireworks and anchors and all sorts of shit. But nevertheless, and I mean, he's, he's manscaped. He's self-describing as, what was it? Hot and chewy. Yeah, <laughs> hot, hot, delicious, and chewy. Hell wow. Yeah. Okay. Hell, yeah. And a wee bit sweaty. So, um... <laughs> Bagel grinder or Christian mingle, darling, <laughs> <laughs> or farmers only? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Same same you can't find the same I, people I have, on the same uh, different apps. I, I have sworn off the apps for now. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. No more farmers only. No, no, definitely not. Okay, well, never. <laughs> not, not after the Mormon incident, that's for sure. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> the barn raising. <laughs> no, I I, that that was a barn raising, so, wasn't it? Um, no, darling, thank yes. you so much for You're that welcome, fabulous dear. introduction. As Indeed. Uh, you do still have it, um, and we mm. do miss you, darling. Same as Naked Jim. I mean, you know, you. you you're not as regular as you have been in the past, Jim. Fiber helps, Jim. I yes. know. I tell you, it does. Yes, yes. Oh, no. It's just, you know, other things in life sometimes. Well, life I've been visiting family. So I've been visiting uh, the kids. So people have longtime listeners. I have a son. You mean you love your kids more than us? Yeah. <laughs> it's not hard. Um, no, no, no. So, yeah. So I've been seeing the kids. They're doing great. Well, so I know you're cool. super proud of both of your kids. So yeah, yeah, but we're lining up some writing. John and I were just talking about yeah, uh, Lone yeah. Pine, uh, Lone Pine, California, in, uh, in October, and I'm so ready. Desert so, season is fast approaching. So the Lone Pine ride, can listeners join you on that? Oh yeah, listeners can join on any of them. Well, rides. share the wealth then. Okay, so here's one that we're planning. John might have to remind me of the dates. Yeah, let me. It was like October third or second, third weekend of October, something like. Now, that. Now is this with Big Thumpers, John? <clears throat> No, this is just us. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, just our. We have a we have a little uh, a little um, text a little, group really? called Dirt Bike Motherfuckers Two, 
It was Dirt Bike Motherfuckers, but then we added another person, so we had to make a new name, and that's what I came up with. So, so Mother- no, it's just Ruckers. So this is uh, October 18th through 22nd. Okay. Yeah, so we're planning a little trip, Lone Pine, California. Um, it's most mostly known for the place with the most movies filmed anywhere on the planet. Wow. What? Yes, so it, it, it came to fame as the first uh, silent Western movie was filmed there. So this mm. is only a few hours, a few hours out of L.A., uh, north of the town of Mojave. So this is where the Sierras uh, end, and you go up the backside of the Sierras up towards 395. And also what Lone Pine is known for is Mount Whitney, which okay. I think is the tallest mountain in the continental United yep. States. I believe it is. Very dramatic. We flew over it on the way to Vegas, Emma. We did Remember, indeed. Remember, I got rather yeah. excited. Yeah, you did. You said, oh, there's Mount Whitney. <clears throat> Would you look at that? And you got excited. Yes. And the flight attendant had to come and calm you down. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, most, well, a lot of people in this, so we had all the silent westerns were filmed there. Then like the uh, Lone Western, I mean, the Lone Ranger and Tano, mm. all that was filmed there. And fascinating history about that, by the way. Um, and then all sorts of other stuff. So you might remember in the Iron Man movie, the one where Tony Stark's standing there and he's like, do you want to be feared or respected? I want to be both. And they shoot the missile system. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's in the desert, the first Iron Man movie. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. and it had a name. It was like not Pegasus, but something crazy. Yeah. And it blew up the mountains. So you can actually camp for free on that exact movie spot. Mm. So it's BLM land, and it's high desert where it meets the, the eastern Sierras, and literally jump, juts up to Mount Whitney. So it's incredibly dramatic. Mm. So that's why gazillions of movies are filmed there. So we're going to do a trip on the dates John mentioned. And if anybody wants to come, come along. It's a great. Well, how are they going to get in touch with you? Uh, um, probably via, I was going to say, the usual Motorcycles and Misfits website. Yeah, just do that. Put it on Liza. I, I, su- I suck at social media responding. Right. So just I, email me at john at bigthumpers.com. There you go. There john you go. at bigthumpers.com. So yeah, fun desert riding, dramatic. Those uh, abandoned mines, abandoned mines you can you know, ride in. Part of the BDR system goes through there. And a Japanese internment camp museum, which is definitely worth visiting. Do you know they have a Japanese internment camp museum at the Presidio in San Francisco as mm-hmm. well? Did they intern people in- there? Yes, they did. Yeah, Angel mm-hmm. Island has an, has a big spot too. I think. Yeah, so um, worth a visit. I th- I I do feel though we're getting ahead of ourselves because our listeners, our lovely listener, um, is going to be asking, "Where is Liza? Who Liza?" That that one that, that sounds familiar. Yeah. She's uh, who, who eating mean? genuine uh, British food, <laughs> aka she's chicken tikka masala. Yeah, 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 yeah she's a banger. She has a banger. Banging that mash like my mother used to make. No, Liza is currently, as we speak, on the Isle of Man. I saw some photos from Isle of Man watching the Manx Grand Prix. Lucky her. Mm. Yes, special stuff. No, it's going to be a great trip. I mean, I can tell already. So she is over there with Cat. Uh, yeah. And they're really trying to put together an England trip. Um, so they, in they... 2024, with all of the trips that we do, so that's going to be the Dolomites training tour, Castles and Curves. Pakistan twice. Pakistan twice. So that's going to be a Chikistan and a Stumperstan and Vietnam in the fall. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're doing King of the Hammers in January. They, yep. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. um, you'll be able to uh, do an English trip. Mm. And all our trips, and I work very, very hard with my side of the trips, 
they have to be affordable and they have to be affordable for average working men and women. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the hallmark of all that's our true. trips. I mean, it, it, you know, you can't put something like this together for 50 bucks, Mm-mm. but if you have a decent job and you get a couple of weeks yep. holiday a year, yeah. you can afford to go on one of our trips. Yeah. Once in a lifetime, kind of thing, twice in a lifetime, whatever. Yeah. And then you or, do yeah. it every year. Or just go on a trip on your own. Which is equally as awesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So if everybody's interested, you can look at Layout Escapes. Yes. L-E-O-D Escapes.com. You can look at AgendaCom and uh, Vintage Rides with our friend uh, right. Wendy Crockett. Vintage Rides. And then right. King, look up the King and the Hammer if you want to do that, too. Yeah. yeah that's, and our shit, my shit's free. My shit, you just come to and hang out and bring firewood. <laughs> yeah, my only rule is bring firewood bring and a good attitude. And, and a wee bit of devil's lettuce. <laughs> uh, yeah. Some 5.56 five, would be handy, too. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And yeah. extra gas. And yeah. if anybody wants to have a look at the Vietnam adventure thing, and bear in mind, this is year one. So... I'm as much in the dark as everybody else. I'll be in a lot better position to talk about it after we've done it. Um, but if you want to go to Big Sur Motorcycle Adventures, um, you can check out the Vietnam trip and see what that's about. And also uh, Breaking Away Matt. I've been oh, yeah, following him on the Instagram, and he's been like in doing the Washington yeah. BDR and Nevada BDR. He's doing some amazing trips. Right. Riding well, on the beach, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's funny. We... You know, me and Liza, we we were talking and we we kind of touched the subject last week about how we see the Misfits moving forward and how we see the garage moving forward because the garage has changed. There's no two ways about it. Um, And I think these trips that we put on are really a huge part of our future. Um, And they're very, very personal and you can actually hang out with us and go to these awesome places and... Doing these trips is just so much fun for me. Um, you know, the best thing for me is always riding with my friends. Always. Yeah. And what's nice is like our podcast community, they already they already we all are of like mind, I'll say that. So if you sign up for doing something with us, you know what you're well, you yourself know, exactly, into. You know exactly what you're gonna get. Fun. There's gonna be a lot of food, there's of gonna be a lot of booze, there's gonna be a lot of riding motorbikes. Be some shenanigans. Yeah, there will be shenanigans. Um so you know what you're gonna get a, a, out of the box. But we had um there's a few things I want to talk about today. Um we had a lovely day down at the garage. It, it's Actually, you know, we came back a little bit today. It was quite a busy day. Oh, good. For the first time in a long time, I was like, oh, I need to be there. 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 Yeah. Well, Guillermo um, showed up with this cool-ass looking Nighthawk that's yeah. yes. not running. A really cool-ass. I mean, when I, it was cool looking before the blue we were talking about, but he brought the gas tank out, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's a great-looking bike. So, But um, that's not the story. One of our listeners, um, Guillermo, Showed up. Shout out. Super nice dude. Really nice dude from, and he drove all the way from Napa. On our advice. No shit. On our advice from last Sunday, we read his email. Right, we did. And he was having issues Mm -hmm. with his his Nighthawk 750. And we're like, you know, blah, 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 come down early on Sunday. And he did. And he did. And I think he reaped the benefit of that. He really did. So he had um, a 1982 Honda Nighthawk. 750. Now, mm. there's going to be a lot of people who are very familiar with with the 90s Honda Nighthawks, which was really the final incarnation I of... I used to love the S. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, the 82 is nothing like those. <laughs> um, you know, I think somebody in the Honda styling department was probably smoking quite a lot of crack in 82 <laughs> because Cocaine, they came up with this thing and it's sort of a hallmark of all the Nighthawks of that era that they were quite unlike any other motorcycle on the road. Did they still have the hydraulic uh, lifters or tabbits or whatever? No. That was later, right? Yeah, it was later. Yeah, okay. This is a completely different engine. This is mm. like that. What year was this one? CB900F, CB750F okay. engine. Mm, okay. 1982. Okay. 82. Um, kind of a royal blue pearl fuel tank with chrome graphics. Yeah. It was great. Big chrome graphics on it. <laughs> it looked like the aluminum siding around your like your screen door kind of a thing. But it, it popped, though. <laughs> yeah. It really looked great. Yeah. Great looking bike. Dynamite. Very nicely styled bike. But, you know... All of those twin cam Honda 4s are very finicky on carburetors. Mm. And guess what? If you resurrect one that's been hanging around for a while, you're going to be doing carbs. The guy got it uh, for like 900 bucks or something? Yeah, he got it for a good price. And I mean, they all seem to be about that money. And then. Yeah. And, well, and he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Like, you know? But he'd gotten into the carbs and he'd gotten into them two or three times and he, he'd got to the stage, I'm done. I'm mm. done. I need some guidance here. So we came down and we had a poke and a prod around with them. We got that thing really jamming. Well, right out the gate, the first thing you noticed was uh, it wasn't fully seated, right? Yes. So it's like you kind of like, like, how do you troubleshoot, you know? And it was kind of fun to watch you walk through the whole troubleshooting of the carb. And right out the gate, it wasn't fully seated, you know, the rubber boots to the, to the, to the engine, yes. which... Doesn't take much to suck in air, right, and fuck things up. As soon as you get an air leak at that critical point, anywhere between the carburetor and the cylinder head, if you get an air leak, you're going to get an idle that hangs up, you're going to mm. get a weak mixture, you're going to get popping through the downpipes. It's, it's a mess. So you need to cure that straight away. So before we did anything else, we shoved in. We got those carburetors. I got him to back off all the clamps. We pushed in those carburetors as much as we can. And that was quite a job in itself. But well, we buried in there. Well, I mean, there's so much shit on well, top Well, it's of good that learning, stuff. too. Like, when you undo those clamps, undo them all the way. Like, yeah. literally yeah. all the way. And Honda are very, very smart with this. If you have a clamp for a carburetor, there's a, there's a captive nut that is welded on the back of the clamp mm. and a screw that goes through the front. And here's a Misfits top tip. Get your finger round the back and feel when the screw becomes flush with that captive nut. Just imagine prostate exam. Yes. That's what I'm seeing Emma do right now. <laughs> that is when the clamp yeah. is correctly backed off. Yeah. And back it off. So it's flush. So basically, you can't back it off anymore, but the screw won't fall out because mm -hmm. it's still held by the captive nut. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And you you've got to do that with with a multi carburetor setup. And if you think that's bad, those are exactly the same carburetors that are on Honda CBX. Mm. The six carburetors in the V shape. Ugh. Now you remember when I was doing Wiggins carburetors yeah. on the <laughs> That's what exactly what I thought about. Jeez. Yeah, you need your wits about you when you do uh, those things. So mm -hmm. there's different lengths between the carburetor to the engine on a on a CBX. Well, the 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 rubber parts are all the same. Gotcha. But they make a slightly different length on the in, inlet tract on the on the cylinder head. Gotcha. But the carbs are done in a V, right. oh, and they wow. just okay. did it in a V to make it narrower 
at the critical point where your legs oh, go. There's, there's so many you. little failure points though, right? Because from the air box to that point, those are all little rubber everything boots, and whatever they, you call and it. They're all rubber boots and they all go hard and because of seat. because of fuel, because of the ozone layer, because of this, because of age, because yeah. of plastic, because, 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 and they all get, and they all leak and they all cause problems. So, um, we fixed all the problems. Well, with his, it was um, hanging up a little bit, right? Yes. So you had him do the the, the curl oil, the oil that creeps? Well, the the, the butterflies in the carburetors mm-hmm. were hanging a little bit. Um, and what he'd done, where you have individual carburetors, in this case, there's four. You have a gantry on the front. So we had it out on the table right and now. And a gantry on the oh, back. He fully pulled the and thing. It, yeah. yeah, he, okay. well, at home, Try not week, to. Try he, not he to. had all the carbs off the gantry, and you really need your wits about you if yeah, you want to pull them off the gantry. To keep them together. And he'd, he'd pulled them all off, and there was something just a tiny, tiny bit misaligned. When I actually took the gantry itself off, it was pretty twisted, so mm. I had to kind of hammer it back straight. And I got it so it wasn't hanging, and it was really, really snappy. We got a, a nice 1,000 RPM idle, and it was snappy. I heard at the end it sounded great. Yeah. Um, but, Does it, but he was he was like super positive the whole time, good natured, but that was a full day of No, he's a mother cat. Yeah, and he, he drives a bus for a living, and generally yeah. people who drive people around, you know, they're like real mellow. Yeah. You can't have an excitable person driving a bus. It's not a good career, <laughs> you know. But I'm hey, what a you. what a beautiful neck of the woods to actually you know drive transit in. Yeah, he's up a Sonoma. Was yeah, yeah. Napa, he's Napa, yeah. Napa, Napa, Napa Sonoma. How long did it take you to, to sort all that out? A couple hours. Yeah, easily. Yeah. And of course, you know, I did some electrical work on the uh, Africa Twin. Yeah, so uh, I showed up just after. Actually, I was pulling out of my house, and I looked down the street, and I saw King Kong making a left onto <laughs> off of Chestnut. <laughs> is, that, is that the official name for that it, car now? Your truck? Yeah, King Kong. King yeah. Kong? King Kong. That's yeah, King Kong. It does look like a banana. It's a bright banana yellow in the front there. It looks like one of those highway safety rigs, like on steroids, because <laughs> it's so giant. You're like, I was like, because literally, I'm like, hey, look at that tow truck. I'm like, look at that. That's King Kong. It's King Kong. And I was going to chase him down to the garage, but I was on my way to get donuts, which I thought which was- Which is far more important. More important. So I rolled over to Farrell's <laughs> on Mission Street. Scored some donuts and uh, came back down. Yeah, so I was having an issue with the Africa Twin. The uh, auxiliary lights weren't working, and it just wasn't a simple thing. So Emma helped me chase it down. We chased it down to a bad ground, and then your high beam huh. was a bit. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, yeah. So as the way it all started out was the Africa Twin, which I love. Um, if anyone wants to buy it, let me know. <laughs> it's like that, huh, Jim? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's an awesome bike. I just need something I can pick up a little easier. You know, the bike, yeah. like I say, the bike gets heavier every year. Yeah. So that Tenere 700, I think, is in my future. But yeah. I love good, I love the good, Africa good Twin. Me. And I got the low seat on it now, so I'll, I'm still ready to rock it. Anyway, um, I put on the Baja Design lights, and they give you one of these connectors. When you wire the switch in, you wire it from the you pull out the high beam wire and it's this little like vampire clip or whatever yeah. you call it little like button you yeah. basically snap it onto the wire and it's supposed to snap right in and work which sounds cool but it didn't work when i did it right so then it had been the kind of miscellaneous problems from there um 
and long story short, there was a repair that needed to be made in that, which was we did some soldering. Well, when the vampire clip went on, it fractured the wire, and then that caused its own problems. Well, and the, the wire is so small gauge. Yeah, and that's part, part yep. of the problem, and it's got a silicon casing it. on it. And yeah, it, you know, mechanical electrical connectors aren't the best. Oh, we, had, we had a little, we had like, I actually had a class from Emma in that today. Uh, electrical connections but you also i got to watch you solder which i don't see often solder darling solder, solder that's right yeah There's solder you got to use the proper pronunciation class in britain it's for solder i've always said solder that's yeah. funny well no that's the american way darling what's well, the right no, way we say right? solder because we're a bunch of sods you know yes King so in, in britain do you take the same class soldering that you do brazing or are they separate classes so let me tell you how they do brazing um, back in the old days, in the very, very old days, all the motorcycle frames were brazed. And mm. you get something like an old BSA, and you'd have this big cast iron headstock that carried the bearings and carried the basically the oh, neck of the frame. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then there'd be like spigots coming off, and the tube, which either went round the engine or the backbone, would kind of slide over the spigot like a bicycle huh yeah and mm -hmm. then it'd be brazed mm -hmm. and the master brazer he'd be the one with the brass rod and the torch and then the apprentice would be the one throwing the flux mm. and what the flux does is it gets the brass to flow there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities between soldering and brazing but the temperatures of course are far higher mm. with the if you want to melt brass you know, you need some pretty high temperatures. Um, solder, or as you Americans insist on calling it, solder. Yes, sod. Um, the the advantage with solder is it melts at a very, very low temperature. Um, and so it, it does a variety of things. It lubricates the joint with, le with lead as it melts onto it. But it forms a protective shield with, like, the zinc in there as well. So it's it's a complete repair. So how... how uh, strong is brazing as opposed to welding. Oh, God, it's stronger. It's pretty strong. It's stronger. Where the, if you've got a strong. mechanical joint, mm -hmm. if you've got a mechanical joint like a um, like a, a peg mm -hmm. with a tube that goes on it, the advantage with brazing, and if you've got a, a good brazer, and believe me, back in the day in the Triumph and BSA factories, they had some really, really mm -hmm. Good brazers, because that's all they did all day, every day, mm -hmm. for like twenty years. Yeah, I've been, I've been brazing <laughs> since nineteen thirty, huh. and I still got all my own teeth, you know. Um, <laughs> but they've got these cats, and they've just been doing it for twenty years. If you get a good brazer, that's far stronger than the steel. Why did they go away from it just for cost? Well, and wait, <laughs> frames were made differently. That's true, you know. Yeah. Um, aluminum now too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, brazing naturally lends itself to a mechanical joint that needs making permanent. Mm -hmm. A lot more surface area for the uh, braze itself. Right, exactly. So you know, you think like a bicycle frame because I think bicycle frames used to, were brazed I think up until still quite. Braze now. The well, the lightweight ones right? are made yeah. out of composites now. Aren't yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the composite ones. Um, um, but, but was, was yes. brazing also used to join uh, cast iron to, to steel? Yes. Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. because I mean, yeah, which you can't do with weld. Right, exactly. So Be you can join dissimilar metals with brazing. You can join dissimilar metals yeah, with, with brazing. And back in the old days, back in the 1970s, you know, I met this uh, old boy. And he used to uh, restore very, very high end cars um, back in the 70s. 
Imagine what hell, what kind of cars were you restoring in the nineteen seventies? And these were like the Duesenbergs and the Packards Coaches. and the V twelve Lincolns. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, um, Auburns. And you know, if you were doing and the Auburns, and if you were doing body repairs on those in the seventies, it was all done with brazing. Mm. You know, um, because it was considered more permanent than lead. And I still know how to do lead. Um, I do all if I've got a gas tank that's got a dent in it. I'll lead it, you know, rather than put Bondo in it, because you put lead in it, and that's it, it's done. It's as good as the rest of it. <laughs> but it is quite heavy, which is the problem, you know. It's one problem with lead. And it's... And toxic. And you and, yeah. yeah, you don't want to breathe <laughs> those fumes. That explains some yes. Don't lick it. Yeah, right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, you... But that's that's the old fashioned way, you know. You'd you'd yeah. feed some lead into it, mm-hmm. and lead's great because you can make it into shapes. You can make it into shapes. Do you pound it or uh, no? You sand file it. it. You no, file you file it. it. Yeah. No, you can't sand lead. So how do you smooth out a gas tank if you let it? How do you block? You it? How would you block it? So you, to speak? just with a big file. Okay. And then once you get it so it's ninety percent there, mm-hmm. you just put a of filler on the top of Bondo because Bondo's great. All Bondo is is really thick primer. That's all mm. it is. Mm. and But you just don't want it that thick. I mean, mm. you really, you don't want Bondo to be much thicker than a credit card. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And as long just as you do that, it'll last the life of the car. What about like but, fiberglass resin or something well, like that? You know, it's the same. Yeah. But I mean, basically, you're sticking stuff on top of stuff. Yeah. If you're reaching for the fiberglass resin, you'd probably do better reaching for the lead and mm. just get the old respirator out. Yeah, dude was stoked though. Yeah, yeah, it was bike. No, yeah, that was cool. Oh, no, then, oh, so the Africa Twin. Yeah, so we yeah. soldered up the wires. Yeah, so we soldered up the wires for you. Um, did yeah, you so a nice? It, it was uh, a bad se- ground. Secondary enough. ground, yeah. And I did you a, um, I did you a really, really nice secondary ground, which was also soldered. Yes. Um, to one of the radiator supports, which goes directly to the frame. I think we did three soldered connections. Yes, today. we did. We did yeah, yeah, yeah. all kinds of soldering. So thank you for the lesson in soldering. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, so you've got now high beam, low beam. And, and auxiliary lights. Your auxiliary lights. And who else? And John was messing about with throttle cables yeah. quite unsuccessfully. Exactly. Um, but we got you down the right path. Yeah, I had the... Uh, with the DRZ, I'm still sorting that thing out. But the uh, it has the FCR, the the flat um, bumper carb, and I think the previous owner just used the wrong um, throttle cable, so it just it was sloppy, like super sloppy. So hmm. I, I bought one, which was an OEM one. But some gentlemen do like it sloppy. The Cognoscenti <laughs> tell me it depends on the situation. Okay, yes. very good. But yeah, no. So so, um, so I just ordered the Motion Pro, the one that, the, specifically for that carb. The Motion Pro. <clears throat> yeah. They've got motion, bro. <laughs> They're nice. They got those little chrome knuckles in there. You could kind of, yeah, yeah. So really well we, And you've got, we've got you the quick action, so that'll get mm-hmm. you down the road. So yeah. like, quarter turn, pff, full That's throttle. What I want. Yes, that is what you want. <laughs> um, gosh, what else turned up? It seems there was more things turning up oh, today. I took uh, Sullivan, uh, oh, kid, on a on, ah. a on a ride around the block. Oh, I saw the Amigo out and about. That yeah. was scary. So actually, so <laughs> let's get to brass tacks because Knock, you were something of a regular on this show, weren't you? Ah, uh, yeah, yes, you were. Yeah, and then you stopped being a regular on the show, and everyone says, "Well, where's Knock gone?" He finished rehab, and <laughs> everyone <Started> said rehab. <laughs> he's taking care of a child. Yeah, well, and we met that sorts. child today. Yeah, she was. Uh, so okay. Yeah, so 
my friend Evelyn is uh, she's a single mom and she's got a kid. And, and Evelyn's uh, a very good egg. And uh, and like uh, and so when Evelyn got pregnant. With Sullivan, uh, I mean, I'm at this point. I've known Sullivan, the, the child, since she was a a sonogram. So of course, like I'm the cool uncle, and I get to hang out, do cool uncle shit with her, you know. And uh, one of the things she wants to do is learn how to ride a motorbike. And so uh, we got her on the Amigo. I mean, I'm sunsetting behind her, and she's in front, and she's steering the Amigo, and um, she's learning yes. how to shift gears on it. And uh, you know, it's. She's having a lot of fun. She enjoyed it very much. Cheers to we pick on the the amigo a lot, but the amigo just redeemed itself. Yeah. Well, you know, just the, for a single reason. And I smiled inside because I'm I'm sure everyone's heard this story, but for those that don't, that was my first experience on a motorcycle. Yeah. A similar age to Sullivan. How old is Sullivan? She's uh nine. She's yep. gonna be nine. Yeah. And I was nine as well. Um and I was a small nine. Mm-hmm. And my mom um, wanted to go out and find a new husband, so she was all tarted <laughs> off with a beehive, and she went off down the pub <laughs> and left me in the care of a babysitter called Roz. And I liked Roz, and Roz was great. And Roz had a boyfriend who had a brand-new Triumph Bonneville, yeah. a gold one, 71. Mm. And um, he, he came around, oh, do you think Emma would want to go out on the Bonneville? And Roz goes... Yes. <laughs> and so, um, you know, he sat me. And it's funny, I can't remember his name. Mm. I remember Roz, but I can't oh, yeah. remember his name. So he sat me, and I kind of put my back against his chest, and mm-hmm. his arms were around me. Mm-hmm. So I felt quite safe. And I sat on the gas tank, and the, I remember to this day how cold it was. Mm. Because, of course, it was full of fuel. Yeah. And off we went. I was done. That's funny. That's exactly yeah. how I started. I was friggin' done. Yeah. My eyes rolled back in my head. <laughs> yep. From that point forward, I wasn't interested in posters of David Cassidy or <laughs> anything like that. <laughs> the I Bay City had, Rollers. No, I wasn't interested in any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I had posters on my wall of Van Veen OCR thousands yeah. and Laverda Jotas so, and Barry yeah. Sheen. I'm, I'm yes, looking at like, Barry. Uh, <laughs> Baza. Baza. <laughs> so yeah, I'm now I'm looking at PW50s and electric dirt bikes. Yeah, excellent. Christmas, so. Yeah, yeah, and nice. I mean, I I'm I'm really excited to think what kind of bike Sullivan's going to be riding when she's like 18, 19, 20. Um, yeah, and what sort shit. of propulsion they'll have. Stretch boosters. <laughs> well, <laughs> she's like a resilient kid. She does like she there's like a derby class for like little kids like her yeah so she's used to getting like like roll, around, roller derby getting wallop getting skate wheels in her back yeah. and getting all bruised and shit so yeah she she's a plus she's a kid she's rubbery she's just but you know i was i was devoting a little a little thought to this and i mean it was just aimless thinking but you know we've been talking really since i arrived on the podcast i think since a lot of us arrived on the podcast about electric bikes and saying yeah. oh yeah it's going to be the next big yodel next big yodel and here we are what 7 years later 8 years later mm. and they're not really gaining the traction and i think there's a variety of reasons for that um and i think weight is probably part of it because yeah. you know the thing whenever i get an electric bike especially a, a high performance one like an energy car come down the shop i'm always struck by how friggin heavy it is mm, and i mean they're aw- they're awkwardly heavy as well yeah. they don't feel lithe and heavy i mean they're clunky yeah. and heavy um and i would love particularly in the bay area because i know it's not going to be everyone if hydrogen fuel cell 
takes off in the Bay Area? Because I know, um, you know, fuel cell vehicles, it's all about the infrastructure and you have to have a hydrogen fueling station for them. And I've seen plenty of Toyota Mirais around. Mm. So I yeah. know there are fueling stations. I would love to see what a hydrogen fuel cell bike looks like. Because it's it's going to have the propulsion, but it should theoretically have a lot less weight because you don't need as much battery capacity. Hmm. And yeah. I think that would be interesting because the actual uh, the actual hydrogen fuel cell itself is not much bigger than a, a wait, thermos flask. Wait, wait, the hydrogen fuel cell is still internally combustion, right? No, it no, it's electric. Yeah. So how do they work? Well, it's, how, it's a chemical reaction. It's a uh, chemical reaction electric. that drives the power's electricity. That, oh, interesting. That, that generates, yeah. You can generate electricity and you've got an electric motor at the wheel. So basically a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle has electric motors, hmm. but they just don't need a giant battery because they're not relying on the battery for reserve capacity, they're relying on the hydrogen fuel cell. It's all mm. terribly clever. Did Kawasaki make one? I was trying to Google yes. right quick, and it looked like Kawasaki made one. Yes. Hmm. But it's all about the infrastructure. I mean, mm. you can make the the most wonderful high-performance hydrogen fuel cell vehicle in the world, but if you don't have the infrastructure that you can fill it up, it's completely meaningless. Yes, Bagel? Well, one of the things that I've been noticing that they're <clears throat> – doing in Germany or, or working towards yeah. is uh, converting the existing natural gas uh, filling infrastructure mm. to over to hydrogen uh, because the, they've had a lot of natural gas in place, which there's a small amount here in the U S as well. You know, a lot of fleet vehicles have yes. been using natural yeah. gas, especially in California. Yes. Um, those from, from what I understand, those could be very easily converted to hydrogen. So that may be part of what is going to be, Done in the future and as you well. know that that become now that becomes interesting because now you have basically that's something quite different that becomes an internal combustion engine that is powered by hydrogen. Yeah, and oh, well, I wasn't. I didn't mean the vehicles, but I meant the the filling stations. Yeah, oh, the actual With filling the stations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but I suppose you could convert vehicles yeah. to run on hydrogen as internal combustion as well. But I think. Wouldn't be nearly as efficient, I'm sure. And again, you know, at the risk of repeating ourselves, I don't think we're heading for any single solution. There's going to be no band-aid for this. What we're going to see in 40 years, 50 years, long after I'm gone and Jim's gone, God knows who else is gone, there's going to be a variety of ways of getting you down the road. And internal combustion is still going to be one of them. Yeah. It's probably going to be quite expensive. Well, I mean, you can pack a lot of power into a little bit of gasoline. Right. And secondly, we've been refining it over the last 120 yes. or 30 years. So but that's going to be said for that. That's going to be one of them. Electricity is going to be another. Hydrogen fuel cells going to be another. Blah, 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 blah. Do you remember in Blade Runner... Um. There's this great scene in Blade Runner. It seems to be raining all the time. Mm -hmm. And they're down at ground level. And there's all these super futuristic cars. And right in the middle of them all is a 59 Cadillac. With <laughs> yeah, giant, yeah. Uh -huh. giant black 59 Caddy with tail fins. And it's like, there's the holdout. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was probably his... Well, what year was Blade Runner set in? twenty? 35 like or 36 something. or so yeah in that so the, you know, the guy was probably driving his great 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 grandfather's car still you know? cool though but you know and we're gonna see that 
Yeah. Um, it's going to be a multi. But it's going to be it's going to be a multi thing. Yeah. Which kind of it dovetails me. I want to do a little ride report, and it's going to be slightly different. Um. So I had I had a lovely week because I had some friends come and visit me from England, and Brian is one of my oldest friends, and I've I've known Brian since 1974. When we were um, went to um, school together. Real quick, Blade Runner yes. was set off in the future in the distant year of Los Angeles 2019. Yeah. Good, good. <laughs> <Lord>. <laughs> wow. Oh, Sorry to interrupt you, Emma, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So there that you go. Right. So um, my lovely friend Brian, who I first met in 1979, when I went to grammar school and we met and we, we were thick as thieves ever since. So I've known this cat 50 years. And um, he's, got a, he's got a super family. He's got a son and a daughter. And Amy is 20. Very, very bright young lady and very, um, very theatrical. And um, She's going to university and then Ethan's 16. So, of course, he's embroiled in... Um, what 16-year-olds are embroiled in. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so they were with me for a few days. So I thought, look, we need to go down to Big Sur because mm, yeah. what's better? I mean, it was just, I think we went down on Friday. So wait, hold on. This is the first time they've been to the States? The or children, was, yes. Oh, that's cool. Ooh. Big Sur's a good one to take them to. Exactly. Yeah. So we went down to Big Sur awesome. and we, you know, went down the river. No, the weather was absolutely drop dead gorgeous. Mm. And I was on the Harley. Nice. So, um, you know, Kathy and Brian and his wife were in the in the car, and then um, I took Ethan down, and then Amy wanted to come back, and of course I was on the Harley, and it struck me as I was riding by, riding back, and it was just absolutely just glorious evening. I mean, it was warm, <laughs> and. It's such an iconic road. The Harley was the only bike for the job. Oh, totally. Yeah. For well, that. Yeah, and I mean, I it's, it, it really it. cemented because, you know, a lot of people say Harley's this, Harley's this, Harley's this. And it is all true. But as an iconic machine mm. and as an example of Americana. Yes. And make no mistake, and I found this very, very interesting when I was in Germany, when I was in Italy. There are a lot of people who are not necessarily in love with America, but with Americana. Mm-hmm. And the, the culture and the cars and the bikes and the movies and this almost halcyon vision of what America is. Well, it's very common. I, I have relatives in the UK, right? From yes. Scotland in the UK. And every time um, one of the youngsters turns 18 or 19, they all come to America. They do New York City. Right. They might do San Francisco. They definitely do Las Vegas. It's like Rubspringer, huh? And sometimes LA. But it's like this <laughs> rite of passage. It's a rite of passage for kids. But it's all the Americana places, like all the places you hear about. Right. Get a New York slice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, so we're, we're both. And, of course, the kids thought it was the greatest thing. And I knew Ethan, the young boy, was going to like it. I mean. You took him on the Harley? I took him on the Harley. Oh, nice. What I was. Life changing. What I was surprised yeah, yeah. about was how much Amy liked it. Mm. Mm. And she, because I thought she's going to be like. 
quite sort of frozen on the back and a little bit clunky around the corners Mm -hmm. because, of course, you sit on the back of these things and it's shaking underneath you and it's kind of feels a little (laughs) bit rickety. And, of course, I've got this giant, because I've got the Superglide, so I've got this good seat for me. Mm. It's quite narrow for the passenger. You don't think too much about the passenger. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the image. (laughs) And there's no sissy bar or anything. No, Hold on for dear life kind of thing. And I just said, look, sit and relax, and if you need to hold on, you can just grab me. Mm -hmm. And she just sat there, and she was super relaxed, and she gets off, and her eyes are like, Mm. Well, what's nice is that run of Highway 1 south of where you live, south of Marina Monterey, it's not real fast. So it's very comfortable to kind of cruise in and go slow. Or like the run between here and San Francisco with those straightaways, it really tempts you to go fast. Right, exactly. And there's always fast-moving traffic. But there's very little to tempt you going south, at least till you get past Pixby Bridge. Right. But, you know, 55, 60 miles an hour. Oh, it's a nice place to be. Sun setting. It's warm. Gorgeous. Just an absolutely iconic. Yeah, why would you go fast, right? Yeah, exactly. You just make it last as much as you can. Oh, good for them. Did you stop for uh, pictures? Yeah, we did. We uh, we stopped for many many pictures, and then, you know, we the the end of the evening we stopped in Carmel for ice cream. Nice, and um, it yeah. was just a lovely day out. And I I realized how lucky we are to live in such a great place. Yeah, and yes, it's expensive, and yes, the traffic's bad, and blah blah blah. But my God, what a place! Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. That's a nice ride. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Harley is a good call. That's, but you know, yeah, I think it was iconic. the right it was the right bike for it, and so you know, it's. Uh, I think all of us have got a collection of bikes, and they all do a certain a certain thing. But Knox all do wheelies. Yes. <laughs> well, you know that's that's high on his list of priorities. But I really cannot imagine a better bike to do it on. Yeah. And for them to have memories of. Right, you know, exactly. Harley Davidson yeah. up and down the PCH, California Dreaming. Right. Ex- and, really? you know, it wasn't even, you know, one of those. Um, I don't think it'd even have been as cool if we'd have been on a bagger or something. Yeah. No, a big tour glide. You know, the super glide was the the, the image machine very for the Very raw. Job. You're very yeah. exposed on that bike. Exactly. And it's just, it looks retro. It's got America written all over it. It was just the greatest thing. You should stop for tattoos. I did suggest In Salinas. In um, Salinas. Yeah, no, I did suggest. <laughs> Salinas. I did. A ta- Amy, Amy was quite taken with, with the compass rose on my shoulder. And I, suge- I suggested to her father. <laughs> he, he took a rather dim view of it. And he's like, no. How old is she? Not yet. She's 20. Oh, that's plenty old enough. Yeah, well, I know, but British girls are different, darling. Yeah. You Fucking, know, they're proper. I'll never forgive Mikey three times for oh. taking Jake to Born Free when she was like 15 and a half. Oh, God. <laughs> she came home with a tattoo. What? <laughs> that's yeah. Right. Fucking Born Free when uh, she was she got a maybe 16. Forearm, yeah. Really? Oh, what'd you get, honey? A unicorn? No, a dagger with blood dripping off it. <laughs> That's awesome. It was pretty awesome. I had no idea. Yeah, Yeah, she came back tattooed from Born Free. (laughs) And that was her her first one. And of course, she's got this giant chess thing now, doesn't she? Oh, she's she's got a she has a lovely collection of tattoos at this point. She's an art collector. She's a proper navy uh, tattoo, yeah, yeah, art collector. Oh yeah, you've got your whole back, yeah, yeah. Did you ever see that old Rod Steiger film, The Illustrated Man? I don't think so. Oh, that is a good film. Rod Steiger, okay. Rod Steiger, yeah, he plays a guy, he's covered in tattoos, mm-hmm. and they all come to life and haunt him. 
Oh. And it's, 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 that it's, sounds unfortunate. Well, it's, it's kind of a, a, it's one of these weird sort of late 60s, early 70s film, The Illustrated like it. Man. It's great. Oh, yeah. And it's, and it's all through time. You know, mm. he's, he's in Victorian times, he's in current times, he's in future oh, really? times. Yeah, it's wild. Ooh, that's a good It's a wild tip. film. It's, it's like Memento. Remember Memento? Mm-hmm. Where they did all the backwards tattoos, he had to read it in the mirror. Really? Oh, yeah. You never yeah. saw that? Oh, that was uh, one of Christopher Nolan's. That's a great movie. movie. I don't know, but I saw Hulk Hogan going off backwards in reverse, his audio, and it was terrifying. <laughs> and only a- So Hulk Hogan backwards is pretty good, too. I'm sorry, we digress. Yeah, we're, we're digressing away. So, um, tool for the job. Um, and talking about tools for the job, <laughs> your FC1, Jim. Oh, my FC1's for sale if anybody wants to buy it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing the hard sell. Well, you're selling like everything right now, aren't you? Yeah, well, well I, got, I got too many motorbikes. But yeah, the <laughs> FC1 was a, uh, I got it uh, a while back. It's a 2012. I think I bought it in around 2018 or. No, I think that'd be about right. No, it might like, even have been 17. Uh, maybe 17. Yeah. Because I needed a new commuter, so that was my step up from the FC6. You needed a fast commuter. Yeah, so I, I, the FC6 was a great bike, but I was ready to do something a little bit more. Needed something, you know, less miles, so stepped up to the FC1. Excuse me, picked it up down in Monterey, and I think it had twelve thousand miles. Yeah, on it. it didn't have many miles. Not bad on at it. all. Picked it up for five grand and rode the piss out of it for like I don't know about five years as a commuter bike. And how many miles are on now? Uh, like fifty three thousand. Yeah, but. Um, a dear friend of mine and amazing motorcycle cycle mechanic went through it at about 48,000 miles. Yes. So I remember I brought it down to Monterey. Yes. Um, you went through it. The spark plugs looked like they had mohawks. I don't if you remember if the spark yes. plugs were done. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So the FC1 was a step up from the FC6. Been my commuter bike for like the last five years. And really the only reason I sold it um is because i wanted to step up to modern electronics so abs yeah. traction control actually you got the gts don't you the, yeah the, so that's when i when i when i went in and bought the uh 2022 yeah suzuki gsxs 1000 gt sorry yeah, yeah so it's the upright suzuki and i've yeah. got i already got twelve thousand miles on it amazing yeah all commuter miles but um yeah but the fc1 i you know we did a few things to it but it's sorted out and Ready to ready yeah, for someone you know, to enjoy those those, those early generation thousand uh, cc motors always have generator problems always yeah so we did have the rotor grenaded um, I'll say I had that we were going somewhere and all of a sudden hey the bike's dying and long story short the uh, rotor on the FC ones it's more like a cup it's not like a, a round thing it's more like a deep cup mm-hmm. and on the inside of the rotor. Where the magnets go, they had epoxied the magnets around the inside of the rotor. So when it spun, that's how it would do its thing. Well, apparently after about 46,000 miles, those magnets come off. And then the pieces of magnets just spinning, just grenade and f- blow everything else apart. So, um, and it's a known thing. If you do like the FC1 forums, it, you know, eventually that could happen. So Emma helped me out with it. We switched it out to an aftermarket, aftermarket rotor where the magnets, instead of epoxied to the inside, were had a ring and then pressed in. Mm. So it was kind of like a metal, you know, not a yeah, bushing. Yeah, so they can't do it bushing. again, yeah. yeah. So much more bomb-proof. And we put that in, ran like a champ. And since that time, I've just put a new chain on it, new battery, uh, turn sing- new turn signals just so they matched. You did know, you, did you have a bitch of a time trying to pick out all those magnet pieces? Or are they kind of No, they were all there. Contained? Oh, okay. No, they were all there. They were all stuck, thank God. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, yeah. there was a possibility. Yes. 
where a piece of magnet can find its way down into the And then, you know, you, you really, you, you've got a variety of ways to approach it. The proper way is to dismantle the engine. And yeah. get every, you've got to get everything out. But, I mean, not everybody wants to do that. Um, yeah, on a modern sport bike. In yeah. A sport bike. You know, yeah, it, can, no, it can. Rather not. <laughs> it can kill an engine. So. Yeah. But here's, you know, here's what I should. I, I gambled oh. on that once and lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> Uh, it uh, went in between a couple of gears <clears throat> in the gearbox and broke oh. a couple teeth off. Oh no! Ugh. Yeah, there, it's just like neodymium magnets, right? That are in there, or is it some kind of special ceramic? No, there's, there's nothing magnets? special. Yeah, they're oh, just interesting. rare earth magnets, magnets glued, gotcha. glued, epoxied. Mm-hmm. You know. So if somebody wants to buy that from you, Jim. How do they get a hold of you? Oh, uh, Cleveland Moto, <laughs> <laughs> Phil. I don't just email the garage. However, yep. just yep. check it out online. Yeah. Email the so garage. So what are you going to do? Put it on uh, eBay, Craigslist. Yeah, I'll Craigslist. I'm thinking Facebook like, Market. I don't do Facebook, but um, I, yeah, I don't think it, you know, for around four grand, it runs like a beast. I took it down the high. I took it up Highway One, well, between here and Capitola, just this afternoon. Yeah, and the thing fucking rips. I mean, the bike is sorted out. It's fast. It's it's more nimble than Suzuki. I'll tell you. I was going to say, do you think it's quicker than Suzuki? Yeah. You yeah. really think it's quicker than oh, the yeah. Suzuki? It's more raw. It's a more raw feel. It's a more visceral experience, but still very easy to control. But as far as flipping it around, maneuverability, the FC One has way more than the GSXS. GSXR, I don't know. I haven't ridden one of those. Knock, you might know better. Mm. But um, the FC One is just super nimble and tons of power. I mean, if it, if it had ABS, I'd, I wouldn't be selling it, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the ABS does give you a little bit of confidence to, you know, you know, have a little more fun, I'll say. But, yeah, it's been a great bike. Um, yeah, so I don't know, I'll probably sell for like four grand. I don't know, somewhere there. I'd be around my number. You don't see a lot of them for sale. Yeah, yeah people really like them. They know what they have, and they yeah. really, really like them. And like them. I said, it's been my commuter, so I never neglected yeah. it. It's not like it sat around. I rode it on the weekends. Right. Like, dude, I had to ride that fucker over 17 every day, so I kept it pretty well maintained yeah like i said emma you went through it about yeah i went through it forty-eight thousand did everything valves plugs filters fluids can't change tension other whole nine yards yeah and it's a good looking bike it's pearl white it's got the red and black checkerboard yes again another emma special so it's got the nice pearl white paint job and then the fairing i dropped it once low speed drop broke the fairing and emma's like well we happen to have a japanese oem Pearl white with the red Yamaha dashes down the side. Because the stock one just had the plain white, but the one with the red Yamaha little dashes, like the, those you know, the things, yellow and black ones. Those you things see? are reflective. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. Oh, God, it looks good. Oh, the bike good. pops. The bike looks great. So, yeah, yeah, I'll sell it in no time quick, I'm sure. But I'm sure you will. Yeah, well, good luck with the sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Emma, I sent you a couple emails, and I sent Bagel a couple emails. So, what we'll do, yeah, because you know what? Here's the deal, dear listener. We are doing a slightly shorter show, um, and the reason being, you know, it's funny. Because Liza can't tell us no. <laughs> <laughs> there is tonight that. at the Catalyst, you can go see the Bad Light play. There you go. So Sunday night at the Catalyst, so, the Bad Light. I'll be there. Shall we do a what dat? Let's do a what, what dat? dat? What dat? What dat? What dat? So, this is from Dean Hoffmeyer. Hey, Dean. Dean. Dean's been hanging out in my... <laughs> Dean's been hanging out <laughs> in my shop, and he sent me a picture. There's the picture. Oh, what that? Yeah, what that? What that? So, um, Dean um, sent me a picture. Of, this is a picture podcast now. Of Hell Girl. <laughs> and Hell Girl, um, for those of you that listened to the uh, Misfits training tour episode, she's the doll I brought back from Munich. 
and she's sitting <laughs> oh on an God. engine. That you rescued from the roof of a building. Yeah, I rec- rescued from the oh, roof of the building. The oh, that's the doll. That is Hell Girl. And um, there you go. She's she's quite evil looking. Yeah. And oh her eyes gosh. light up and steam comes out of her ears and her head spins around. I think it's cursed, I can tell. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, however, I don't think that's what Dean wants a what that. He wants to know about this engine. Is that a leaf fan? No, it's a Takagawa. Oh, what? So, um, Dean, quite rightly, is probably wondering, how do you justify ten to $12,000 for a 125cc Japanese engine? Ten to $12,000. That is what a Takagawa will cost does, you. Does that make... It's how, how many cc's is it? 125. Is Does it, it a, make like 100, c, 100 horsepower or something? Is no, it, it makes about motor? no, it makes about 30. It's a race engine or what yeah, is it? Yeah, so it's all roller bearing race engine. Oh, wow. Okay. Very, Precision engineering. It's beautifully made. And you can't really tell in the picture, but if you, here you go, no, knock. Mm. If you look at the, the casing, yeah, that doesn't look cheap. That's all billy. It's that. absolutely, it's just beautifully yeah, made. And I don't know whether you can see what it says on the on the top end. This is Rusif at APR. It says, uh, oh, it says Takagawa Racer Arm. Racer, oh. Which means that the rocker arms are like made out of just complete unobtainium stuff. Okay. So what is a Takagawa? A Takagawa is a very, very high-performance 125 engine or 150 engine, and it's based on the old sticking cylinder sticking straight out of the front Honda C-Series engine. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty little engine, for sure. So, oh. like, okay, so is this a modified Honda engine, or is no, it... No, they're, ta- they're built from scratch. Oh, interesting. Okay. But, just you know, it's, it's, though, right? it's just that pattern. Okay, cool. Um, so, there you have it. Um, I saw that on the counter when I was down there on Friday. Yeah, I mean, I've been looking. I Do mean, they win I, races? Oh, God, yeah. Like, what races are you going to win? Well, you know, you, 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 like the, there are specific, no, there are specific lightweight classes in Japan for these bikes. Oh, you know, they're, okay. not the, they're not the ones with the crazy, you know, betting yeah. bikes mm, that we've right. seen where one handlebar's up here and the other's down here. It's not that. But they do a lightweight race, mm. you know, with these you know, and they they basically look like monkey bikes. They look like the uh, uh, the Amigo, mm, but yeah, yep, just yep. better. Why is one sitting on your counter at work? It needs rebuilding. Oh, okay. And, you know, of Ooh. course, it's tra-la-la. The, yeah, the transmission's shot. So I'll probably yeah. have to try and find a transmission from WeBike. Mm. So if ever you have a peculiar Japanese conundrum, Go to We Bike, and they have the parts you need. W e b i k e. That's a that's a Miss Emma top tip. But bring your checkbook because nothing's cheap on the We Bike side. Yeah, I found them looking for Morpheus parts. And did you get what you needed? Uh, I did get uh, most of what I needed. Yes. Fantastic. Um, and you know, while we're talking about We Bike, we can talk about our friends at CSMNL. In the Netherlands, oh, yeah. who, mm-hmm. um, if you've never heard of CSMNL, Consolidated, S-N-L. yes, it's Consolidated Modus Parts Netherlands, something like that. Um, they do everything for Japanese bikes. 
They are amazing. They've got a wonderful website. Very reasonable shipping. I just rebuilt um, a 69 Yamaha DT1 at work, and they had everything in stock. Is it that blue color, blue and yellow? Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. All those things. Um, Bagel, what you got, dear? Yes. I have an email from John C. Smith. Hey, John. John writes, Hi, Misfits. Your mention of electrical issues last week reminded me that I wanted to share a cautionary tale of my own. Oh, God. This past May, I was riding out to the boondocks in West Virginia, three hours away to stay overnight. Two hours in, I stopped to check my course and noticed a rotten egg smell. Oh, boy. Thinking that I had stopped near someone's faulty septic field, I continued on. Oh, that was your battery, darling. When later I stopped for gas, the smell was still there. And no, it wasn't not emanating from me. (laughs) Uh, I have a voltmeter on my dash. And when I happened to glance at it a bit later, it was reading 15.6. That's getting up there, isn't it? A few miles on, my Oxford heated grips became super hot, even (laughs) though I had not turned them on. Oh, no. (laughs) The voltmeter read gibberish. Not even a number. (laughs) The bike then shut down completely. Oh, no. When I lifted the seat to check check on the fuses, I noticed steam escaping from a seam in the formerly sealed Uasa battery. Ugh. A tow, thanks AMA, got me and my Versus 650 off the road, and investigation showed that not only was the battery cooked and the heated grips practically melted, one wire poking through, but the ECU had fallen into terminal dementia, so the bike would crank but not fire. A new battery and a used ECU from eBay got me back on the road. Nothing other than the grips had melted as far as I could tell. I guessed that the reg rack had failed to do its regular its reg job. Yeah. This was a supposedly better model from RM Stator with MOSFET circuitry. I reinstalled the original OEM reg rack as part of the repair. Comments and a question. Number one, if you have a voltmeter, check the reading now and then. And mm. if it's over 15, stop before you you kill your battery and ECU. Yes. Mm. Number two, unless you know that you're having severe digestive difficulties, a rotten egg smell might be a cry for help from your battery. <laughs> and number three question, why is there no protection against or warning for over voltage? The only fuse that blew was the one for the heated grips. Hmm. Is it common for a reg wreck to fail? And he ends up saying, and at any rate, in the spirit of, of a community garage, I hope that this story helps someone else who may encounter a similar situation. Keep on doing what you're doing, John. So why didn't the, the fuses blow? Because it won't. They won't. No, the fuse don't protect you from over voltage. No. Protects you from dead short. So that is great advice. Absolutely great advice. So what do we learn from this? Um, what is the best reg rec for your bike? The OEM one. Um mm-hmm. by far. I'm not sure what the culprit would have been with that. Think it'd have been a stator, maybe? 
No, I think, you know, maybe the Oxford groups may have been. Oh, yeah. But it may have just been a failure within the Red Grec. There may have been a short in there, too, actually, that that caused it to draw too much current and that caused it to overcharge. Who knows? Right. So um, I'm going to relay a story. And it's, it's, it's not really motorcycle related, but... It, it is what it is. So anyway, so um, back in, gosh, 83, um, my mum was shopping for a new car. And she wanted something a bit flash because she was that kind of woman. Um, and she couldn't afford, um, she couldn't afford, what was she looking for? I think she was looking for a Benz, but she couldn't afford one. So she bought an Audi. She bought an Audi 100. She didn't get a Trabant, huh? No. <laughs> so she bought an Audi 100. <laughs> and I remember this car very, very well. It was a very good-looking car. It was gunmetal grey, and it had a cognac-coloured interior. The Ooh, interior was lovely. orange. Cognac lovely. guts, baby. Yeah. So cognac interior, grey outside. Very, very nice-looking car. Anyway, she did... <laughs> She was dating a guy in, I think, Liverpool at the time. So she was cranking down the outside lane of the uh, of the M6 going to Liverpool. And she brought an egg smell. And she she thought Ooh. nothing of it. And she she gets to her destination. And, you know, Mum was a bit short, so she always liked wearing platforms. So one of her platforms had melted. Oh, She's no. like, what? And, oh, um, no. and she was a bit upset because they were her best oh, yeah. platforms and everything. And so basically what had happened was the alternator, the reg rec in the alternator had gone bad and it had cooked the battery. And on the Audi, it sat right above the driver's feet mm. because oh, the so Audi so was as designed would have been left-hand drive, mm. but they just, ah. so the battery was kind of in an odd spot and she was just extremely lucky. Yeah. Mm. But, of course, the battery and it overflowed and it just destroyed the carpet and everything. And, you know, those yes. rotten bastards at Audi, they replaced the battery, they replaced the reg rec, but all the bodywork, all the carpet, all everything she had to pay for. Oh, that's not fair. Wow. And, um, yeah, and a new pair of platforms, mm. which she <laughs> was most upset about because I don't think they were very old. So the fuse is not going to protect you from that mm. because what a fuse basically does, what a fusible link does, is it measures resistance. And when resistance gets to a certain point, a certain amperage, it says, Uh, A certain, you know... uh, So it's measuring uh, drawn output. Yes. A certain ohms, certain resistance, it just goes, boom, I've had enough. When the voltage goes up, if you know that your current, you know, volts, times amps, resistance and all that, your fuse isn't going to protect you from that. Mm. So when you're riding your bike, know your bike, know your bike. Know what the noise it should make. Know the smell it should make. Listen, smell, feel it. If you're feeling a vibration through the handlebars, you've got something going on at the front end. You might have thrown a wheel weight. Well, guess what? Your wheel bearing may be going out when your calipers may be falling off. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, if you're feeling a vibration through the seat, your rear wheel, wheel bearings may be going out. Your chain may be crying out for lubrication. 
You know, particularly if you're feeling a vibration. You know, if you understand what does what to your bike, if you're feeling a chunky vibration through your left boot, that's the chain. If you're feeling a chunky vibration through your butt or your right foot, rear wheel bearings, engine mounts, all those things, you know? If you're feeling a vibration through your knees where you grip the tank, that could be the top engine mount shaking the frame. Anything through, anything through the front end, wheel bearings, wheel weights, steering head bearings, and again, the smell. So had he adhered to his rotten egg smell, and it's hard because, you know, they don't tend to do it as much as they used to. Yeah. But I remember back in the old days, cars, catalytic converters, always, there'd always be as rotten egg smell, especially if you went up oh, a yeah. hill, you know, because, you know, cars would would really heat up the exhaust gas going up up the hill and they'd clear out the cat- catalytic converter. It sounded like somebody crapped the pants. <laughs> Terrible smell. Terrible <laughs> Sound like somebody was walking around with 15 pounds of lukewarm <laughs> crap in their trousers. Oh and my. that is not a good smell. <laughs> mm, no, thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, wise words all. And, you know, a voltmeter helps. But, yeah, that's a bad deal taking out an ECU, isn't it? Yeah. And he's oh, yeah. very, very lucky that that is a common bike. Because if you were riding yep. around on something like a an Aprilia Ooh. or... Mm. an MV Augusta, mm. or even one of the early Jixxers. Or a BMW, even. Y- yeah, and you fry the ECU, good luck. Yeah. Because you want to know what somebody will ask for, for an ECU, for a BMW? What cool. they damn well want. Mm. Yeah, especially an older one. Right. Exactly. Yep. So... Um, very, very wise words. It sounds like he did everything right. He had a USA battery in it, but I think the big mistake there, and I, you know, I hate to throw these guys under the bus, but it's those Moffset regulators, mm. you know, mm. um, put a, um, OEM, OEM is the way to go. Unless it's a Suzuki. If it's a Suzuki, you can fashion your own regulator rectifier out of plasticine, and it will be better than the original. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, Suzuki haven't been able to make charging systems since 1977. So yep. why start now? Yeah, I had to do that on mine. <laughs> okay, so I have got... actually had Jixus pull into the shop on with their fire. Red Rex on fire. Yeah. Oh. oh, no. Jeez. Yes. Smoking. Yeah. Yeah. No, on fire. <laughs> Actually, on fire. Amazing. And this kid, he's like, what's this smell? <laughs> and he looks down, his bike's on fire, and he's like, oh my God. And he runs <laughs> away. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Sorry. So, two more emails. Uh, you have one, Emma, and Bagel has another. Yes, I do. So, um, oh yeah, this is the GL650 one. So, this is two parts. Um, and this is from, hang on, let me get to the, who is this? It was, oh, Aaron. 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 Just strap. Just strap. I hope you and the Misfits are doing fantastic. It has been a while since I sent in a question, comment, or email. I started listening around May or June 2021, and this week I am completely caught up. <laughs> oh, my God. I That's solid at, work right there. It wow. is solid work. I started at episode one listening to every single episode in order Jeez. while also listening to the new episodes as they were released. 
I am not as efficient as some of the listeners as I get distracted by your antics. I would often find myself getting pulled away from work I'm supposed to be doing when listening to the podcast. I may also have been pulled into a couple of audiobooks too. But alas, success! I made it. Quite an experience. <laughs> listening to the many years of podcast in succession. Uh, the emotional Hearing and understanding how much the misfits have changed, grown, and created positive change in the lives of those you encounter. It is truly amazing what you do for the motorcycling community. Aww. Cheers, Aaron. Yeah, cheers. That's super nice. Um, Thanks, dude. Oh, you get a free T-shirt out of that. It or something? goes very, very dark now. I'm sorry, guys. Oh my! <laughs> Unfortunately, this means I also had to find something to fill my time, and I had to listen to those guys up in Cleveland. Oh, <laughs> oh God! Put, up, put on your drunk goggles. Yeah. Well, he, he's <laughs> redeemed himself. No, hang on. He's like, redeemed like himself. He's redeeming himself. I fully support the Misfits putting out more podcasts in a week. So there you go. So having listened to Cleveland Moto, he's encouraging us to do more podcasts. I think that tells you everything you need to know. Are you listening, Philippe? So anyway, oh, it just went to a Nine West advert. Here we go. Now the question for Miss Emma. Oh, that's me. I thought perhaps you might take a listen to the attached link. One of my buddies took a bit of a gamble on purchasing a non-running 1983 Silverwing GL650. He got it for a good Ooh. deal, about as close to the $500 project bike as you can get these days, and he has it running. However, there is a sound, and there is indeed a sound. Is it him, is it him crying or wailing or gnashing <laughs> of teeth? Right next to the mic. <laughs> there are those sounds in the background. <laughs> I have suspicions of what it might be, but I would really appreciate your expert opinion. Either way, it's going to be a teardown and go through to make sure it's all taken care of. Additionally, come to find out these little engines are a bit hard to find parts for. We have CMS in our bookmarked, but I'm curious if there are any domestic sources that should be checked before going to the Netherlands to purchase parts and shipping. Well, yes, there is. Um, so... You'd be surprised once you have access to a parts diagram, you'd be surprised how many parts Honda still do. Now, my go-to guys when I want to see original parts diagrams are, and I'm going to ha I'm actually, we're going to do this in real time. So I'm not sure whether these people are actually called MR Cycles or Mr. Cycles. So, but it is M-R-C-Y-C-L-E-S. So let's go there. So let's go to a new tab. So we're going to do M-R Cycles. Don't forget to put the M. And it's Motorcycle Parts Store, Asheville, North Carolina. So we'll go to MR Cycles Honda. Okay, here we go. Uh, bum, 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 MR Cycles. Motorcycle OEM parts. We're going to go to 1983. And we're going to go to GL. Are, we, are you catching up with me, John? Yeah, I'm trying to. And we'll go to GL650A. So now, what we find when we go on, and let's go to the camshaft. 
So the key is with this, yeah, there are some parts available. The key Ooh, is that. if you <clears throat> see a price, it's available. If you don't see a price, it ain't available. Now, let's talk about number three. There's not available, not much available in that camshaft. He's absolutely, and the cam chain's not available and blah, blah, blah. So, unfortunately, um, CSM is going to be a good source, as is a company called David Silver, spelt like the color or the jewelry. Um, David Silver is basically a British-based company, but they do have branches in New York, uh, in um, I think New York or somewhere out east as well. So they'll ship all over the U- U.S. Don't be too put off about buying parts from the Netherlands either. You know they come far more quickly than you think. Um, but let's talk about the GL650 and what it was. So the GL650 was a really an upgrade from the gl 500 which was itself an upgrade from the cx 500 mm. honda's 500 cc liquid cooled v-twin mm-hmm. now the early cx's really had a plague of problems with them they were rushed to production they had crank problems they had cam chain problems they had camshaft problems and theoretically All of those problems should have been sorted out by the time this 650 comes along. However, there is a noise. From its location and the noise, and it's definitely a thud, it does sound cam chain-y to me. Because I remember when these bikes were new, they did make quite a racket from the, the cam chain if they went bad. Now, I'm pretty sure the GL650 has an automatic tensioner. Just in case, in fact, I'm going to find out right now. If it's got a manual one, if you can adjust it, it might. So the David, I'm checking out the David Silver Spares uh, page. Yeah. Uh, they've got, they have a cam chain for 55 or 73 bucks. There you go. 55 bucks American. So they seem to have a bunch of parts on that page. So there you go. So David Silver is going to be your your domestic source. You know, you whenever you have a bike with a noise, um, it's not top end. I'll tell you that for nothing. Um, it's it's a little more sinister than top end. I'll put my money on either camshaft. It's either got a flat tappet on the cam or um, cam chain tensioner problems. But it could be bottom end. You know, the early CX five hundreds had all kinds of crank problems. My God. Hmm. Um, we did tons of them under warranty, and the cranks would just go out. They did kind of sound like that. Um, but pull it down, pull it apart. It's, you know, people say, oh, it's a complicated engine. It's not. It's not built like a normal motorcycle engine. The 650? But, yeah. Mm. Um, but it's a really easy engine. You'll have so much fun pulling it down. You'll learn a crap load. My advice to you, buy a full gasket set and get pulling down. Learn learn a thing or two. Tra-la-la. Tra-la-la. Cool. Ha-ha. Cool. How about that? There you go. Bagel. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, I've got an email from John from Maryland. Hey, John from Maryland. Are you sure? And, it, it, uh, no, no, no. I'm going to stop you there. Are you sure it's not Mary from Johnland? Uh, yeah, he says it's John from Maryland. So, <laughs> so he, With John the crabs. Writes, He's got the crabs. <laughs> he always, always got the crabs in Maryland. Is that where Baltimore is? Yeah, Balmer. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. down there in Maryland. Bom- oh, oh, I see. Bom- this bom- is okay. You don't yeah. say bom- bom- accent. Bomber. Baltimore. It's a it's a cultural. It's like solder. Copy. You should like go solder, visit solder. sometime. Really? Yeah. No, I I heard, you know, somebody told me that they visited Baltimore once and it was like this yellow sulfurous cloud was hanging over the city and they left immediately. Oh. Is that likely? Oh. <laughs> At we'll, one point, we'll probably. We <laughs> Maybe back in the 70s. I don't know. Probably back then, yeah. Okay. Well, L.A. <laughs> L.A. was covered in a brand. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that my friend who was a pilot, he always said he flew 747s for British Airways, and he said you could always tell when you were getting towards L.A. because you see the bubble, yeah, you know, yeah, and it was, it was like brown 20, bubble. yeah, there was like a brown bubble over the whole, and he just aimed yeah. for the bubble. I believe mm-hmm. that. It is gross. Yeah. <laughs> but that was back LA in the gross. day. <laughs> well, it hasn't improved much. Well, no, I think the air's a lot better now than it was, but... True. Yeah, yeah. okay. Sorry, Bagel. Okay. So, anyway. Yes. So, uh, so John writes, hey, Misfits, John here. Hello, John hey, John. Recent news reports say a guy loaded 50 gallons of fuel on a water scooter in China and rode it 200 miles over the Yellow Sea to South Korea. I had never heard of a water scooter, but it's clear from the photographs that what they call a water scooter was a red jet ski. So a question for Bagel. Since there have been several misfit discussions in the past on in the past on this topic, is the jet ski a scooter? John from Maryland. Mm. So Ooh. I have a question for John before we go any further. So um, I'm guessing you left Australia last year? <laughs> no, no, that's a bomber accent. Oh, is it really? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Good show. Bummer. I So I saw this email. Yes. And my opinion is it's it's a kind of lost in translation thing. But it's almost a valid argument. But, I mean... I I I I got to say I I think they is, are the scooters of the sea. It is a single I mean, track vehicle. Yeah, scooter of the sea. It's twist and go. Yeah, right? so it's automatic transmission. You can have a cocktail yeah. while you ride it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 self-contained in bodywork, right? Right. You know, it it seems it's 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 not quite a step through design. Cuz it's not a step through. But it's you know, but it's very easy to get on and and ride. I'm okay with so, going. And you get laid scooter. left and yeah, right. It looks if a lot like the Bergman. That's for sure. Yeah, well, that, if, if that's what well, differs yeah. from the scooter. Oh, it's a bitch magnet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I was also going to say that if you took a Yamaha Wave Runner, right? Say say the Yamaha Wave Runner. Yamaha blah, Wave Runner. Blah, blah, blah. Like like say that that's that's Ariel in in the Little Mermaid, right? Mm. My Yamaha Morphus is the scene where she gets magically transformed into a human being. <laughs> um, that's all I'm going to say. Your Morphus is a gooey duck. It's, 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 it's an evolved wave runner that's learned how to walk on land. <laughs> ah, um, yeah, I mean, it is kind of valid. I've never thought of it before. Do you ever oh, remember yeah. in the very, very early days of personal watercraft, Kawasaki were in the game and they did this mm-hmm. thing called the wet bike. Do you remember yes. the wet bike? Yeah, oh, I've heard Phil talk about the wet bike. Which had <laughs> yeah. skis. Dude, yeah, a right. way a new wave runner is eleven thousand dollars. We'll about, probably yeah. do 120 miles an yeah, hour. Yeah, that's too. crazy, dog. Probably. Look up <laughs> ba- uh, uh, uh no, look up Kawasaki wet bike. We also had the stand up ones. Well, I think that's were. what a wet bike is. Mm, no, the wet bike had the the skids. Yeah. Yeah, look, look wet bike looks like a uh, 
uh, snowmobile. Yeah, yeah. Oh, geez. No, the yeah. stand-up ones were just like very yeah, early days. Whoa. Yeah, there, there is a Cleveland Motor yeah, podcast where, where Phil talks about the wet bike. Um, yeah, it, it sounds frighteningly dangerous. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people... I'm sure they make a bunch of power. <laughs> this thing's got a fucking hydrofoil? Is that what's happening Yeah, right you're, you're basically sitting on a personal hydrofoil. Oh, so shit, the, that's well, dope. But the reason I brought that up is that is every inch the motorcycle. So mm. I think the moniker's fine. I'm kind, yeah. of, I'm kind of okay with this. I'm kind yeah. of okay with calling personal watercraft scooters. This I, I, I honestly am too. I, I think there, there's there's some some shared DNA there for sure. You know, I thought initially when I read it, I thought you know it's it's one of these things that's kind of lost a little in translation. But they, I think it's legit. I really do. And yeah. we start calling them water scooters from now on. Full stop. So yeah, I like that water scooters. Yeah. So when. <laughs> <laughs> when I first came to America, um, which was the mid-90s. Did you, did you meet George Washington? Yes. Um, <laughs> when I first came to America, Knock, in 94, I worked at a very, very big motorcycle dealership in San Luis Obispo. Mm -hmm. And we sold uh, Sea-Doo's. And they, oh, yeah, this, yeah. And they all used to come down from Canada. Yeah. And these giant Canadian truck drivers were a riot because <laughs> they, <laughs> they'd do a line of coke when they left the factory. And they'd just drive straight through. Uh -huh. They would drive straight through absolutely high as kites. Oh, my God. And I said to them back then, because, you know, I said, guys, don't you ever worry about getting pulled over and losing your license. And he said, no, nah. he said, you know, in the, he, they always had a jar of child urine. <laughs> just oh God. But the secret weapon apparently was this stuff called Golden Seal, mm. which they all got from the health mm -hmm. uh, food shop. Okay. And you drink Golden Seal and it flush everything out of your body. Is that a top tip? Yeah, it's a top tip. <laughs> Um, <laughs> apparently it's very good if you have a cold as well, huh. because it'll just flush all the toxins out of your body. But I Dang, I quit cocaine for nothing. Giant, I I that. absolute <laughs> giant Canadians getting out of these rigs, just absolutely high as kites. And they just turn around, drive straight back to Canada again. And of course, they were earning a ton of money because <laughs> they're just driving up and down from Canada to California and Get back. some of that goose powder, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Doing a line on the dashboard of the truck. Woohoo! Here we go. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, um, but of course, back then, they were all two-strokes. They were four-and-a-half two-strokes. I guess they're all... deliver themselves. Yeah, they're yeah. all uh, four-strokes now, I would think. And then I believe they're making the... Um, Jump to electric. Hmm. But, yeah, I'll take it. I think they're scooters. So, yep, agreed. Well, the Wii bike made, like, was like 750 cc's. Yeah, made like 50, 50 horse. 50 horse, but yeah. Yeah, oh, no. It'd be terrifying to ride. Terrifying. It was like snowmobiles. Talk about terrifying. Jesus. I've never ridden one. I was oh, they're fast, yeah. Yeah. Some of them, yeah. So, you know what? I said, when we started this, I said, we're going to do an hour show. Well, here we are at 90 Minutes. Yeah. And I feel it has been quite a productive show. What do you feel? I'm, I'm oh, all good about it. So I'm all good about it. Next week. What are we talking about? Well, next week I'm quite excited because um, we have um, some of our lovely guests who were on the 
Castles and Curves Tour. Ooh, very exciting. And we Ooh. have Mrs. Cat, none other than Nancy, a.k.a. Mouse, who's going to come and talk about the historical side of the tour and all the fun we had and why you should sign up for Castles and Curves 2024. Hmm. So that's going to be good. next week. Just do it. Um, and, you know, I hope you can start joining us a little more often, Nock. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we do. We miss you, Nock. Yeah, Aww. we miss you. And, you know, the child... Yeah. Yeah. The child came up to me and she said, Miss Emma, she said, you seem so nice. Can you get that man out of my life, please? <laughs> so, you know, it was, it, was, it was a request from a child. Knock. Not possible. It smells like rotten eggs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we know that, but we used to the smell. <laughs> but no, thank you all for listening. Um, so what can we tell you to do? Um, we can tell you to go on to motorcyclesandmisfits.com, our website, which is a treasure trove of information um keep sending us your emails we read all of them um we put you, some of the good ones on it. at gmail.com exactly motorcycles and misfits at gmail.com um send your complaints to uh clevelandmoto.com fill at cleveland.moto for a complaints department <laughs> and if you have any what that what what that? Okay. Yeah. You see something on, on your bike who is? or who on who your is? friends or on a complete stranger's bike. Take a picture of it. What that? What that? Exactly. <laughs> or on the body part. That's and going um, on. no, th- <laughs> above all, thank you all for listening. Um, you know, it's been quite an interesting road, hasn't it? Who day? Mm-hmm. It really has. And you, you did the full day duty today, too. You yes, were here I am. bright and early, and we're here till now. So thank well, you, Well, you know, I like to think um, that I, I stand up when Liza is away, and I run the garage <laughs> to the best of my ability. So hopefully I next week will go next week will go as smoothly as this week, and then um, we're going to have a great ride report from Liza in two weeks. Mm-hmm. If, if, sees her in, next week? if you see her in England, just yell at her, go, Oi, wanker! Well, no, I gave her, <laughs> funnily enough, she was, um, I spoke to her by the telephone today, and she was watching me on the camera in the garage. And so I gave her a few instructions how to order on uh, in Britain. Uh, yeah, how to get a waiter's attention in Britain. Oi! And, oi where's wanker. my baggers and mash, eh? Yeah, where's my baggers and mash, you tosser? And you guarantee good service, you see. <laughs> they will not spit in your food. No, absolutely not. You know? <laughs> Is that a chocolate log? It's <laughs> a baby root. A spotted dick. <laughs> Oh, God. And on that note, I think it is time to get out of here. Um, This is Emma Darling. Stumpy John. Bing bong. Lot of mercy. (laughs) Bagel. And we are out of here. Cool. Cool, cool.